this is the Stormy Willow Podcast, a light-hearted, balanced examination of the paranormal. Welcome to the Stormy Willow Podcast. I'm your host, Adele. And I'm your host, Sarah. Hello, everybody. We're, um, spooky season is here, and it's going too fast. Yeah, it's on, it's on full blast. It is. We were coming back from Rainville yesterday, and there was this haunted house, and it was so packed. It was like the traffic was like miles and <laughs> miles. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of haunted house this is. I want to go. I want yeah. to go to there. <laughs> Must have been a good one. That's what I'm saying. Like People were waiting, too. So um, I was like, whoa, that looks like an awesome time and it feels like real fallout and just looked really cool yeah here in albuquerque it's it was raining like all week and was kind of overcast so it felt very fall and kind of spooky yeah. so we've just been watching scary movies for days yes we have not slowed down so since i watched hocus pocus 2 last weekend i've not even sat down so, <laughs> I'm ready to watch something. And if you're looking for something to watch, we have uh, posted our 31 Days of Halloween. And so, if you just can't decide what you want to watch, go check it, it out. A lot of, I've actually even already started editing that list further for next year. Because I was like, I didn't put Elvira on there. So, I had to bump no. her on there. Well, and I did not put Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. So, it's just like after... I wrote it, I thought of 10 that other movies. I was like, dang it. Yeah, so next year it'll be a very different list, I'm sure, but I'm at least getting to the point where I'm like, I don't think I can bump most of these. It's gonna, you know, like, it's just too good. We're gonna have to do, like, 365 days of hell. <laughs> I would be okay with that. <laughs> Why stop with October? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's for the... the it's- the people that have the, the paranormal podcast <laughs> right yeah exactly like and for the past few weeks i've been like all right we're, we're really done with halloween decorations obviously not like we put up that uh black stick with like the bats hanging from the ceiling and um i fucked around and found out with some scissors i sliced my hand pretty good oh um, no <laughs> but All's well that ends well. Um, the bats That's, look pretty freaking awesome. They look really, really awesome. Yes, Adele did a really good job. You have to post it. Yeah. Um, oh all sorts of spooky events going on, I think, all across the country. Around yes. The country, and that's what I was going to say, too. I didn't do any specific events like we normally do just because there's so much going on locally. And I just encourage you to go and check out your local events in your hometown. Because um, I know there's a lot between haunted houses and ghost tours and all kinds of fun stuff. And um, do us a favor. When you go, post a picture on social. Like We would love to see what your town does. Yeah, yeah, especially if you have any, like, weird, like, I don't know, local rituals or things, or if you're, like, celebrating a cryptid around this time, or, like, some sort of a legend, we would love to hear. Oh my gosh, yeah, we would, and um, it's so funny, because I watch, you know, I follow All Things Salem on TikTok, and they had, last week, their, uh, their Halloween parade, next level, next level, you guys, of amazing, like, why is that not televised, like, Macy's Thanksgiving parade? I'm just going to put that out there. But I, I, I'm going to 
push for that. <laughs> Actually, speaking of like local things, I know Madrid, all the way like kind of between Albuquerque and Santa Fe, the small little hippie town. Um, they have a Halloween parade. So if you're there and it's the Halloween parade time, everybody's in the parade. That is <laughs> they, awesome. They do the same thing for their Christmas parade, too. So I love that. I love Madrid. It's such a cool little funky town. It's it really, really neat. <laughs> cool. shout, out, shout out to small, cool, funky towns. We love you. <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of being here for it, what's coming our way? this? What do we have to look forward to this week? Adele. It doesn't seem like such a bad forecast. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like after we dealt with, like, retrograde as much as we have, we can handle anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the takeaway for this week is just don't be too hasty. Okay, slow down and think. Slow down and think. Oh, I wish I would have known that before I decided to get a couch that doesn't fit in my doorway. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I look like this if you're watching the podcast. Because Stephen and I have been trying to move this couch that is amazing, but we live in a very old house with little tiny doorways, and um, math is not on our side. (laughs) Mom's going to work some geometric magic. She'll get it in. Yes. Our mom, (laughs) I swear, if we don't say it enough, we're kind of fans of her. She can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. She's very good at moving furniture, too. She's really good at moving furniture. She's kind of strong. She's only five feet tall, but she's like a freaking mule. She is like a mule. Steven's aunt's the same way. His little tiny aunt Sandra, like they put this like couch in Steven's truck by themselves without coming to get me. And she's like, oh, it's not that heavy. It wasn't bad at all. I couldn't even really get it out of the truck. <laughs> it really is a heavy couch. <laughs> so I don't think she knows her own strength either. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so heavy. <laughs> She's probably secretly doing like P90X and it's like, yeah, <laughs> she's a Pilates gal. So, oh, yeah, core okay. fitness. Yeah. yeah, she's super fit. And Mom does I'm, all the yoga. Makes sense. Yeah. I run and I'm like, I could kick it and pull. Like, like, there was one, don't, I actually did like the only part that we did, I was very helpful with. I did use my legs. <laughs> I, I just sit. <laughs> Love it. Love I, it. I can so, yeah. visualize and tell you what you need to do. That's yeah, I couldn't even do that. I just like laid on the couch and I was just like, it's not going to work. That was me today. And then I'm going to come visit at some point. And it's just going to be on the porch. It's your porch couch. <laughs> Listen, if it's in the neighborhood I live in, it's really not out of place. I'm just going to say it looks perfectly normal here. <laughs> it's fine. Our nicest piece of furniture is going to be out on the front porch. <laughs> Maybe oh, that's why there are couches on the front porch. People couldn't get them in the doorway. And they're like, well, it's too good to get rid of. Yeah. On the porch. Now I get it. It's yeah. really not a bad idea. It's not. I, I, that is one thing I do like about the South is how much people sit on their front porch. They do sit on the front porch a lot. <laughs> like, that's Might as well be comfortable. <laughs> you know, I never realized that. Is it really not? No. Because our weather's pretty good most of the year so I don't know it's just such a southern thing (laughs) maybe I should just embrace the couch on the front porch yeah we'll see what happens get some fresh air (laughs) yeah um gosh I I guess you probably want uh some details about the forecast so maybe you know to you about your couch situation (laughs) yeah it's speaking to me now that I already made this decision (laughs) (laughs) 
So Monday, October 10th, uh, Mercury returns to Libra. So this restores harmony um, to ties that may have been strained during the retrograde. That's positive. Um, So at this time, reconsider judgments you may have made that were too harsh or too hasty. Um, This is a time to perspective take and try to see the other's point of view. Okay. Good stuff. Um, Mars will be in quote-unquote fast-talking Gemini on Wednesday. So here again, don't be too hasty. There might be a situation that seems too good to be true, and it probably will be. So really consider all sides. Don't get, you know, one pulled over on you by some slick-talking person. Like really think about any opportunity or seemingly good situation that occurs midweek. Good to Um, know. Also midweek, sacrificial Neptune is in Pisces, so this means someone might kind of play on your generosity or your flattery and try to pull you into a situation that is essentially taking on their problems for them, and you might get in over your head. So don't borrow trouble during this time. Just just keep it, just stay low. Yeah, so just, just really take your time, really assess the situation, and try to read between the lines. Um, also at this time, you may actually find the courage to bring up an important topic that you would have otherwise avoided. Um, so this can be kind of healing as well. Um, and Friday, pragmatic Saturn is in Aquarius, sorry, pragmatic Saturn in Aquarius enters Venus. So this is kind of giving you a reality check. Um, throughout this time, you may have kind of become infatuated with like a new friend or a new romance, So really the key here is don't just get too infatuated with this new relationship. Just kind of pump the brakes. We're not saying that you need to end anything, but just kind of really look at all sides of it and um, kind of look at the whole out, like the holistic person, not just this one element that's making you very excited. That's interesting. So like that. Yeah, that's what the forecast looks like this week. So not bad. We've been yeah. through way worse, so we're good. And my yeah. face is stuck really weird just now. Uh, on, if you're watching, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. How did you freeze again? <laughs> I've been having some computer issues today. And <laughs> now that we finally got on, it's like my face gets stuck in these really funny positions. <laughs> so if you're watching live or whatever we push this out, um, I'm a real hot one in this one, guys. Real hotty. Oh, oh <laughs> and just... Just to give credit where credit's due before I forget, uh, my source this week was mindbodygreen.com for the horoscope. Mindbodygreen. I don't know if I've been to that site. I need to check it out. It sounds pretty good. It was a good one. Well, that's a good horoscope. So I feel like we can do this this week, guys. We got it. And do it. Well, um, are you ready for a spooky story? Yeah. If I recall last week when we spun the wheel, we got haunting, right? got haunting. Yes, we did. And I kind of took it a different level um, because haunting was so awesome and vague. So it took, I could go a lot of different ways with it. So I started with a haunted location and I'm going to tell you about the haunted location, but I'm also going to tell you the story as well that has led to all these hauntings. Um, any guesses? Do you want to guess? Sleepy Hollow? No, but I thought about that. Um, is it in America? It is in America, yes. And it's like a story that's it's pretty a story. Well it's, a pre- it's a very famous story. Mm. It's about a haunting. 
Yeah. Uh, Gettysburg? Nope. That would have been a good one, though. I don't know. <laughs> well, let me just say this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Okay. We're okay. doing the Lizzie Borden house, my this friend. This is a good one. There's a lot. Of, there's some speculation. There's some speculation. Um, and speaking of Halloween events, it's a bed and breakfast now, you guys. You can stay here. <laughs> uh, can I also life. just say that I really like the adaptation that they made with Kristen Stewart? And she's like, we'll just say that in that version. I think it's Christina Ricci that plays Lizzie Borden. I think um, you're right. Yeah. Lizzie is a Leslie, and I was all about it. <laughs> that is actually one of the uh, one of the the theories that we're going to get into as well. But before I get started on this famous story, uh, I'm also going to give credit where credit is due, and we're going to start with www.10best.com's interest hotels and resorts, which this is a feature on there. Um, LizzieBorden.com. And of course, our friends at wikipedia.org. We would love to get a wiki wiki wow. <laughs> so I'm going to, so before I get into the actual hauntings of this place, because it is so many investigators have gone there. They do like daily, nightly lockdowns, paranormal investigations. Again, you can stay here as well. It's it's on the list of somewhere I would really like to go. Um, it sounds charming and quaint. It is. It's is so pretty though. It's in Massachusetts. Hello. I mean, just oh, just a side note. Um, like I could see where some of these haunted places are kind of peaceful. Like, um, my wife, whenever we went to visit Alcatraz, you know, I mean, that was pretty rough prison, and it was actually surprisingly so quiet and peaceful on that little island yeah it's crazy isn't it she especially found it to be incredibly pleasant and peaceful it's it's interesting well this place looks beautiful i will say um but let's just kind of start let's just get into it if you've never heard of lizzie borden i'm going to tell you all you need to know about it and what happened here so lizzie borden um so here we go um i'm just going to give you like a quick snippet of the story and then we're really going to get into like the details of the story get into some speculations and then we're going to get into the house itself and just a lot of activity that people have experienced so if you're not familiar with Leslie Borden's story here it is August 4th 1892 the bodies of Lizzie's father and stepmother were found in the Fall River Massachusetts home that they shared with along with her her father Andrew had been killed by a hatchet to the head and his body was found on a sofa in the living room and her stepmother was killed with a hatchet and was found in her upstairs bedroom. So although Lizzie was arrested for these murders, she was indicted by a grand jury and tried for the crimes, but ultimately she was acquitted for them. Um, and that, of course, hasn't stopped the speculation through the ages that she definitely you know everybody's like she killed him she killed him so yeah, I think that, yeah so like I think everybody that um is familiar with Lizzie Borden was like she killed her parents like you know who that's I don't really yeah. know a lot of people who don't believe that she killed them uh, me either I mean I, there are a lot of speculations as to the why um but not any speculations to the fact that she wasn't the culprit so yeah. <laughs> i will say that 
So let's back it up to the very beginning. That's the gist of the story, if you're not familiar. But Lizzie Andrew Borden was born in July 19, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Wait, her middle name's Andrew? Yeah, and that calls her middle name is her dad's first name. That's pretty awesome. Which I, it's so funny you mentioned that because I'm like, you never really see that. And I thought that was really cool. I I mean, did you want to be Adele, Timmy? No, <laughs> but we I kind of got his middle yeah. name Del Timmy Collins <laughs> I could have anyway. just been Timmy Adele he's Timmy, Timmy Adele that would have been you could have been a Timmy with an I and you could put a heart oh god that's so you it would have to be hyphenated Timmy and Mandy <laughs> oh god just imagine a little like um what is it? Airbrush, like license plates on the back of our car with our names. Well, Amanda did live in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> That's true. That was a missed opportunity if ever there was one. Oh, God. <laughs> As a car is like hauling ass down my street. I bet Beautiful. they have a little decal with their I name. I bet they it's do. Like, I bet it's like Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn. <laughs> Bobby Lee. <laughs> All right. So Lizzie Andrew Borden born july 19 1860 beautiful town fall river massachusetts what does that make her zodiac wise so she would be a june july between cancer and leo she'd be a cancer right let's see i'm looking it up all right you look it up you said it was july 19th july 19th okay she might be at the end of cancer season yeah cancer yeah, okay. So she was born, she's, she's a, a cancer, born in July 19th, Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah Anthony Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. Her father was of English Welsh descent, and he grew up in a very modest surroundings. Um, he struggled financially as a young man, but despite that, he ended up really coming into wealth and um, just kind of working hard, you know? He wasn't born into money, but he came here. He made something of himself. He um, manufactured and sold furniture and, really oddly enough, caskets. There's always a market for caskets. <laughs> People are always going to die. That's true. And he also became a very successful property developer. So he's kind of, you know, a, a rags to riches sort of story. Um, he was a director of several textile mills and he owned a bunch of commercial property. And he was the president of the Union Savings Bank and a director of the Jerfy Cell Deposit and Trust Company. At his death, his state was valued at $300,000, which would have been equivalent to $9 million um, in 2021. So he did pretty darn good. I would say he did better than pretty good. (laughs) Me too. Um, Now, Borden had an um, older sister named Emma, Emma Lenora Borden. And she and her, um, so she and her sister both grew up um, relatively religious, 1800s, Massachusetts. They attended the Central um, Congregational Church. As young women, Lizzie was very involved in church activities. She taught Sunday school. She um, Was she a pillar of the community? One might say she was a pillar of the community. 
See, she killed him. We know it. <laughs> well, she was very involved in religious organizations. She was a Christian. She was in the Christian Endeavor Society, and she served as secretary treasurer of social movements. And um, she was involved in the Women's Christian Temperance Union, and um, she was also the member of the Ladies Fruit and Flower Mission. So yeah, one might say, pillar of the community. And any, I don't really do true crime, but anybody that listens to true crime knows that's always a red flag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at John Wayne Gacy. Pillar right? of the community. Pillar of the community. Um, three years after Lizzie's mom, Sarah, passed away, Andrew remarried Abby Durfrey Gray. And Lizzie stated that she called her stepmother Mrs. Borden. And she basically, um, she just, she didn't, they didn't jive. She didn't like her one bit. Um, she believed that Abby had married um, her her dad only because of his wealth. Makes sense. Maybe so. Um, There's also someone else living in the home, Bridget Sullivan, whom they called Maggie. And um, she was the um, Borden's 25-year-old old live-in maid. <laughs> <laughs> they just called her Maggie. <laughs> yeah, they just called her Maggie. Well, not not her stepmom. Wait, this is the maid. Called, yeah, but her yeah. name was Bridget. But That's, they just called her Maggie. Oh, yeah. So stepmom is um Abby. Yeah. Ma- the live-in maid is Maggie. But her real name is Bridget. But her real name is Bridget. But I they called her Maggie. I'm just kind of like, why are they calling her Maggie? <laughs> I don't know. They called her Maggie. Her name wasn't Margaret. I don't know where they got it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, kind of like we call you Lily. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, she's also, she's 25 years old, Maggie is, and she also lives in the home. She's their living maid. And she uh, was an immigrant from the U.S. or to the U.S. from Ireland. And um, so Lizzie and her sister Emily rarely ate meals with their parents. And in May of um, 1892, Andrew, her dad, um, killed multiple pigeons in his barn with a hatchet, believing that they were um, attracting local children to hurt them or hunt them. So he's like, I'll just kill them. I don't. What? It it doesn't really make any sense. And so Lizzie had had recently built a roost for the pigeons. And apparently um, she got really pissed off at her dad for doing that so she had basically built like this safe house for the pigeons oh, and yeah. then he goes out with the hatchet and kills them That's and just so me. reports are like you know we're trying to figure out what led up to this brutal killing and reports is like she was absolutely livid that he did that fair enough pigeons are pretty smart i don't understand um, why people hate on them so much exactly so apparently this like erupted in like this huge family argument and in Jul- July 1892, both sisters decided to take extended vacations into New Bedford. Um, so they basically, tensions were just so high. Lizzie was so fucking mad at her dad for killing these pigeons that she had built this safe home for. So she and her sister were like, we're just going to take a vacation. Get the hell and out of problems. here. Yeah, let's just, yeah, we're going to take a vacation from our problems. Dr. Leo Marvin. <laughs> it took some Dr. Leo that, Marvin advice. That's Dr. Lee Marvin to you. <laughs> they went to Lake Winnipesaukee where they met an awesome guy <laughs> named Bob Wiley. <laughs> who, who they called Maggie. <laughs> who they called Maggie and they taught him how to sail. And there you go. That's the story. 
Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> That's they really were like, hot. don't hassle me. I'm a local. <laughs> I should have worn that shirt today, but I didn't realize this was going to turn into what about Bob? So. What about Bridget? <laughs> what? <laughs> what about Lizzie Borden? <laughs> oh. Okay, so they're, they're she and her sister are like getting the hell out of Dodge, going to like Winnipesaukee, and <laughs> when they return, um, they actually returned a week before the murders took place. So there's your timeline there. I guess they didn't cool off quite enough. Maybe they just Yeah. Well, the week before the murder, so they get back. So um, Lizzie gets back with her sister a week before the murders happen. And Lizzie decides to stay in a local rooming house for four days before returning to the family residence. So she gets back from vacation and still like, I'm still pissed. I'm going to stay like at this hotel situation for four days before I come back home just to cool down even more. So, as we talked about, tensions had been growing with this fam- the Borden family in the months before the murders. Pissed off about the marriage, mad about the pigeons. Lizzie's back in the house. Um, so, Andrew, um, dad, decides that he's going to gift some real estate to various brancher- branches of his new wife's family. So, that makes things even more tense. But you're about to say something funny. No, just the... You know how she's just kind of had enough? It just makes me think of, like, Dumb and Dumber. And it's like, our pets' heads are falling off. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it with this dumb. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have really never thought when I was, like, putting these notes together that this would turn into Dumb and Dumber and What About Bob? But somehow it it has gone there. (laughs) Just imagine Jim Carrey playing the role. Lizzie Borden, like when he was on Living Color, always playing that, like, uh, you know, weightlifting chick. Oh, no, this is so bad. Uh, so, obviously, we've got some tension, right, in this house. And so, before the murders um, happen, Andrew, dad, like, if it's not bad enough that he already has, like, killed these pigeons, he decides, hey, I'm going to gift some real estate to my new wife's family. And so after their, um, so after Lizzie's stepmom, Abby, received a house, the sisters were like, seriously, you know, and they basically demanded that their dad deed them stuff too. Like, we're your kids, like you're giving this lady a house, you're giving property to her family, we're your kids, what the hell? And so Andrew's like, okay, I'll give you guys some rental property. And, um, and they had purchased, like, he's like, just purchased it from me for, like, $1, and, you know, you can have the rental property. So, they did, and a few weeks before the murders, they sold the property back to their father for $5,000. So, they <laughs> bought it from him for a dollar, and like, we're selling it back to you, we want $5,000, which would be equivalent to $151,000 today. So, it was like, they bought it from him, and they're like, oh, give me the money, and he did it. <laughs> Yeah, what is wrong with them? It's, it's, I feel like they're just pissed and they're just doing this petty stuff. You know what I mean? Like this, these, like I mean, you can't, you can't force somebody to buy it. Uh, well, apparently they forced their dad to. They're like, was we're just like, kidding. I can't we, take this shit with you girls. Yeah, like I feel like that's what's happening. <laughs> and so the night, so now we're the night before the murders where a brother of Lizzie and Emma's deceased mother, so their uncle, comes to visit. His name is John Morse, 
and he comes to visit. Like, talk about coming to visit at a bad time for dinner. <laughs> you know? like, read the it's room. Like, like, I don't even want to know the energy in that room. It's like things are not going well. I'm going to come, I'm coming over for dinner. I mean, this is their uncle. This is their deceased mom, Sarah's brother. Back, back to like Dumb and Dumber. She's probably like, man, this party really died. <laughs> <laughs> And so the brother comes over and um to visit and they were like, well, why don't you stay for a few days? Um, because the brother-in-law was like, I, you know, he had some business with Andrew and he's like, well, just stay for a couple of days. Like come for dinner, but just stay for a few days. You know, everything's already awkward as hell enough. Why not? And I have some rental properties now. If you would I've like got to some stay rental there. property available if you're interested. And so some historians and writers speculated um, that their conversation about the property actually did not go well. And it had maybe already aggravated an already tense situation because, you know, um, you got Abby here new to the family. Andrew's given gifts galore to her and her family you got the girls that are pissed off buying rental property but then selling it back to their dad to make some crazy money whatever that little scheme was and then you have the brother-in-law this is remember his ex his deceased wife's brother saying hey I want on some property too and so Andrew's probably like god damn it <laughs> everybody leave me the fuck alone you know yeah so a lot of historians and some writers speculate like this, like talk business was just not a good, it just already aggravated a very tense family dynamic. So, um, so for several days before the murders, the entire household um, had apparently gotten very sick and a family friend later said that there was mutton left out on the stove to be used as meals over several days. And apparently it, maybe has boiled or something and they basically had some you know just a little bit of food poisoning on top of you know already maybe it's just because it was mutton (laughs) yes but then abby who is um you know the stepmom she thought maybe she had been poisoned and that since andrew hadn't been a very popular man and like you know those um those fights were kind of happening with the property she's like he tried to poison me or something to get me out of the way yeah, she thinks Andrew well, did it. How about she read the room also? Um, yes, yeah. And so basically, it just was not good at all. So basically, so John, that's the brother-in-law, um, the next evening, he decided, he said, I'm just going to sleep on the guest room. You know, I've got food poisoning. It's weird as hell in here. I'm just going to sleep in this uh, guest room. food poisoning before toilets and, like, plumbing really be horrible? Yes, I, I had food even... poisoning with indoor plumbing, and it was horrible. I can't, yeah. So after breakfast the next morning, I guess I felt well enough to eat. I mean, so the next morning, Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, and John, and the Borden's maid, Bridget, aka Maggie, um, were all there. And Andrew and John went into a city room where they chatted for almost an hour. Then John left around 8.48 a.m. to buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece in Fall Rivers. So he was there. He went out. And then he planned on coming back to the Borden home for lunch. But then Andrew had left already to like go for a walk or something. So basically he's like, I'll go, I'm going out, get her on this errand. I'll be right back. But then Andrew was like, okay, I'm going to go out for my morning walk, do my morning stuff. So he wasn't there at the time. John 
to come back to the house. Andrew was probably like, I got shit on my mind. I need to go take a walk. He's like, I need to go to the corner bars. What I need to do, get the fuck away from you people. That's what needs to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're back after a crazy intermission with moving a couch and my computer dying. So, (laughs) you remember where we left off, Adele? Yeah, Andrew was walking around, had shit on his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things were getting really intense. He had shit on his mind. He went out for a walk. So here we are. We've got tensions rising in the Borden family. And so um, Abby, who's our stepmom, she goes upstairs between 9 and 1030 a.m. to make the guest room bed where her, you know, uh, the uncle was staying. And John, according to the forensic investigator at the time, Abby was facing her killer at the time of the attack. So she was first struck on the side of the head with a hatchet, and then she was cut right above her ear, which caused her to fall down and then down like face on the floor. And then um, her killer then struck her multiple multiple times, delivering seventeen more direct hits to the back of her head, which caused her to die. So she's upstairs, gonna make up this bed. Killer's waiting for. Her. She's done. I, I would call that overkill. Yeah, I would call that like a lot of aggression happening there. It's like that too, but like damn. Yeah, seventeen of those. She's done. Abby's dead. Um, so then Andrew, who's the dad, he remember he went out um for a walk. He comes back around 10:30 a.m. and his key didn't work, so his key wouldn't open the door. So he knocked, and Maggie, the maid, um, testified that she let him in, and she later recounted that she had heard Liz- Lizzie laughing after he was like locked out. So I'm like, ha ha ha, like you're locked out you know, like laughing about it. And so, um, so she said that Maggie said she remembers hearing Lizzie laughing and it was like upstairs. And I remember Abby was murdered upstairs. upstairs. Mm -hmm. So she said that she hears, hears us laughing. Let's Andrew in. And, um, then she's, Abby said that, um, Abby, yeah, I'm sorry. So a- Abby was already dead at the time. Her body wouldn't have been visible to anyone yet, right? Because that no one realized that she's dead at this point. Okay. Uh-huh. And so, um, so Lizzie later did not. She said that she was never upstairs or whatever. But anyway, um, Lizzie says that she removed her dad's boots and helped him into some slippers before he went. To, he wanted to take a nap on the sofa on the main floor, but. Um, crime scene photos actually show his boots were still on on the couch when he's dead. I already think this is kind of weird when there's already been a poison incident too. Yes, exactly. So um, Sullivan, who's Maggie, the, the living maid, testified that she was in the third floor room resting from cleaning windows um, and just before 11.10 she heard Lizzie screaming from downstairs come quick father's dead somebody came in and killed him and andrew was slumped on a couch in the downstairs sitting room and he was struck 10 to 11 times with a hatchet like weapon one of his eyes had been split in two ew so 
They said that um, forensic investigators said that suggested that he had actually been asleep when he was attacked. He was still bleeding from wounds. And so, um, so the family physician came, comes over and um, because apparently he lived right across the street and he pronounced both victims dead and detectives estimated that Andrew's death occurred approximately around 11 a.m. So let's recap. Abby upstairs making up the bed, the guest room bed. Killer is already waiting for her, brutally attacks her. Andrew, dad, comes back, can't get into the door. So Maggie, the maid, lets him in, claims she hears Lizzie laughing from upstairs. And Lizzie said she wasn't upstairs. She said she went down, helped her dad take his boots off and put on slippers so he could take a nap. Her forensic photos show boots on Andrew and then around 11 Lizzie screams that dad is dead so this is over like the period of like roughly 12 hours that both murders happen not even because I think the first murder happened around 9 to 10 30 and then his yeah a.m. And then his happened around 11 30 11 okay I don't know why I thought that was night okay so it's within the span of like three to four that morning yeah exactly okay. so um lizzie's um initial answers to the police officers questions they said were really strange and they were very contradictory like nothing really added up um initially she said that she heard um a groan or a scraping noise or a distress call before entering the house and then two hours later, she told police she had not, she had nothing and entered the house, not realizing that anything was wrong. So, like, her stories just did not, they were like, this doesn't, none of this makes sense, like, at all. And so, when asked where her stepmother was, she, we're talking about um, Lizzie here, she recounted that Abby, her stepmother, had received a note asking her to visit a sick friend. And then she said that um, she thought Abby had returned and asked if someone could go upstairs and look for her. And so it's like, not her stories are just that's weird. It doesn't. They see what I mean. Like they don't even make sense. And so Maggie and a neighbor, Miss Churchill, were halfway upstairs, and their eyes were level with the floor. When they looked into the guest room, they actually saw her lying on the floor. So at first they don't even realize that Abby is dead. They think it's just Andrew. And then Izzy's like, I don't know where Abby is. I think she went to see a friend. Oh, wait, no, I think she did this. And then when the maid and the neighbor come upstairs, that's when they discover Abby is dead. So at this point, they're just thinking it's Andrew. And they're like, oh, shit. Abby's dead, too. And Izzy's just telling all these crazy, Lizzie's telling all these crazy stories, and they're just like, what? Like, none of this makes sense, you know? Do we think Lizzie was crazy? Maybe. Or do we think it was, do you think it was the mutton? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she's still food poisoned. Maybe the mutton did something to her. I don't know, but so, again, most of the officers um, that interviewed Lizzie said that um, they really didn't like her. They thought she had a really bad attitude. <laughs> and some said that she was way too calm and poised. Like, no, I don't know. Like, everybody reacts differently to different yeah. things. But that's just, like, the recount. But they said that despite her attitude and her change in alibis, um, no one even tried to check her for bloodstains. 
to, I mean, they're just basically, you're like, you're, you're acting like a hysterical woman. You're too, or you're not hysterical enough. You're too calm. You're too this, but no one stopped to be like, you know, if someone is murdered with a hatchet, where's your dress? Do you have blood stains on your hands? Do you have anything like that? No one checked for that at all. Um, the police are curious about that. Yeah. Police did search her room, um, but they said it was just a cursory inspection. And then at the trial, they admitted that they didn't really do a proper search. And um, they said because um, they said because she was not feeling well. <laughs> because she wasn't feeling well. There again, maybe it goes back to like whenever I said there's no plumbing, maybe it smelled horrible in her <laughs> Yeah, maybe they're like, maybe that's what it really was. Maybe like, we gotta get the hell out of here. Like, like, I'm about to vomit. She's like, sick. It's making me sick. <laughs> like, that's what it really was. It's she probably so, had a fucking dead body under her bed that they didn't even go see or something. You know what I mean? Well, well, think about it. They just come and just see Andrew. Like, the housekeeper and neighbor are the one that discovered Abby. The police didn't even do a search to discover her. So <laughs> this is just not good. I just I have no comment for that. Yeah. So they did um in the basement, however, um, the police did find two hatches, two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. The hatchet head was um, suspected of being the murder weapon, obviously, from our rhymes. And um, the break in the handle appeared to be fresh. And um, it, it, it said that unlike the other two um, bladed tools, there had appeared to be deliberately applied pressure to make it look as if it had um, been in the basement for a long time. So, like, it just looked a little out of place. But now, remember, Dad went out with a hatchet a few weeks to kill pigeons. So, could it have been that? I don't know. They I don't sound know. like a completely fucked up family. But get this. None of these tools were removed from the house. <laughs> um, so, because of this mysterious you know, illness that has stricken the household before the murders, the families, um, the families and, um, hang on. The families milk and Andrews and, and Abby's stomachs uh, were removed during their autopsies and they were tested for poison. Because remember, they had that mutton incident. So they went ahead and took their stomachs out during the autopsy and tested them um, for that. And um, none was found. So there wasn't any kind of poison found. Oh, so it really was just bad meat. I think it was just really bad mutton. (laughs) Um, So residents, of course, um, suspected that Lizzie basically had purchased they were like she purchased acid and diluted it at a local drugstore and she tried to poison them that was one of the the things but they mm-hmm. were able to say well we did do an autopsy of their stomach and um and they also I guess tested like other stuff there and nothing ever came back so I think I think my question is how much do we trust autopsies at this time right that's true too that's true. So here's her defense. 
she said that she inquired about the acid in order to clean her furs. So apparently like she had gone to try to get some acid and they thought, well, oh, this is weird. You know, Izzy went to get acid, the family gets sick, that didn't work. And so she said this, she said in the, her testimony, no, I definitely did it just to clean my furs. And the medical examiner testified um, that there were no antiseptic properties found in the autopsies. So, so Lizzie and Emma's friend, Alice, decided that she was going to stay with them the night following the murders. Because why wouldn't you, right? They're going to stay at the house where the murders happened. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. We're just going to so camp out. Their friend Alice is like, you know what? I'm going to stay with you gals. Um, and, you know. And yet they have all these other properties. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you stay there? And then oh, remember their. Remember their. Like, you bring your dead home, right? Like, I don't know. <sighs> it's just like, would you want to stay in a murder, like a crime scene like that? No, thank you. I mean, you I mean no. at least nowadays you wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alice is like, I'm coming over. I got my sleeping bag. Let's do this. I'm coming over. Spill it. How do you do it, Lizzie? I hope she brought her own food just in case. (laughs) I got got some s'mores stuff. You You tell me all about this. So Alice Alice comes over to spend the night. Now remember Is um, it Alice Kravitz? It's Alice Russell. (laughs) I do know. Oh my gosh. Um, So Alice brings her pump this right you know what a great time for a sleepover she comes over and remember uncle john's still in town and so he's still there and he said well i'll spend the night in the attic guest room and so you- why oh okay that's like we're gonna we're gonna hang out in the basement where it's really creepy but you hang out in the attic where it's also really creepy and then this is gonna become modern shit that you do to scare the hell out of yourself yeah so he's like i'm just gonna take the guest you know i'm gonna sleep in the attic guest room but now later historians and writers say that he did not he actually slept in the guest room where abby was murdered hence more disturbance of evidence (laughs) well so it's just gross yeah so police were stationed around the house that night, which was August 4th, and an officer said that he had seen Lizzie enter the cellar with her friend Alice carrying a kerosene lamp and a pail. And he stated he saw both women exit the cellar, after which Borden returned alone, though he was able to he couldn't see what she was doing, and he stated it appeared that she was bent over a sink. So, like puking? Day, August 5th, John, uncle, is like, okay, guys, this has been a real great visit. Heading out. Of course, he was mobbed by 100 people or so because, you know, this is a big deal in this little town. And so police had to actually escort him, like, back to the house. And then on August 6th, police conducted a more thorough search of the house because, you know, I'm sure nothing's been tampered with at this point. So let's go back and do a more thorough investigation after Alice has been here. The two sisters have been here. John's been here, possibly sleeping in the room where one of the murders took place. I think it's a great time to do a very detailed investigation. And that's what they do the next day. 
And while they're doing that, um, they noted that they had inspected the sister's clothing now at this point. And, um, and they had noticed that um, they, it looked as though like she had been cleaning her dress. And it's like, could she have had blood stains on it that we never stopped to, to check? Like just, you can just see what a debacle this, this whole thing is. Um, and so the next morning, so at the same time, remember Alice is still there and she's coming into the kitchen and then she actually witnesses Lizzie tearing up that dress that she had tried to clean. So she's like ripping up, ripping up evidence. Okay. Shredding <laughs> papers, if you will. I guess she couldn't get the blood stains out. And so she's like, I'm just going to rip this shit up. And um, she explained that she was going to put it in the fire because it was covered in paint. And she can't get the stains out. <laughs> and it was never Please. determined whether the dress had, uh, that was the dress she'd been wearing the day of the murders. Which I think we could probably put two and two together. Like, probably have some evidence there. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like, I, I think this is why everybody's so clear that she did this. But the problem is, this is such a fucking botched crime scene that no, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't find her guilty. You know what well, I mean? Like, like yeah. court of law, like the evidence is ruined. And I you think that's you the, know what happened. I feel like that's the reason that this case is lived all along all these years because it's just that classic case of she had all this time to get rid of evidence like and yeah. they're staking out the house and she's in there tearing up a dress that she committed possible murder in. and and dude is like just sleeping in the bed where a lady murdered uh, like, it's like hey on. if you're not comfortable there in the attic you know you could go sleep in this guest room actually no, i think i will like that's i think cool. i'm gonna go sleep right here where this lady like was dead like on the floor 24 hours ago i mean right like it's like just... what the hell are they doing i should get it hindsight is 2020 we're not poking fun at like I'm sorry, this is still just ludicrous to me, though, even at the time, to let people just roam around a crime scene. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, um, as we, as I, I mentioned earlier, um, so Lizzie did go to trial. She was acquitted, um, but obviously she's still a main um, suspect even today of her father and stepmother's murders and um, writer Victoria Lincoln proposed in 1967 that Borden might have committed the murders while in a, a, a fade kind of state um, another prominent suggestion was that she was physically and sexually abused by her father uh, which drove her to kill him Another one, um, and this is the one I think Ash likes a lot, um, is there's there's not a whole lot of evidence to support it, but it has been discussed that um, that she and oh, so Lizzie and uh, Maggie were having a romantic relationship, and it was it they found out, and that's what that's another possibility of why she might have done that. Um, so it's just. It's just crazy. I mean, there are all these different types of suggestions. Um, it's, we don't know why she did it. We, I think everybody feels like she definitely did it. And 
there's just the evidence. I feel like she definitely got out because all the evidence was tempered with. Um, so, but they're saying that's why she did it is because, you know, the one, the one that you liked, um, it said that Abby had caught them together and she was obviously so horrified. And so Lizzie didn't have a choice, but to kill her with um, a candlestick. And then uh, when funny. Andrew returned, she had told him, but she ended up killing him in a rage with the hatchet um, when he had acted horrified too. So again, all of these are speculations of what caused it. Obviously there was already tension with this family before this happened I think like you know you had a lot of money you have maybe a new wife in there and you think about it like women especially then couldn't really inherit money or get money and I think it was they were seeing like their wealth possibly going to this other woman wandered yeah uh and so but there are so many different theories Mm -hmm. on what provoked Lizzie to do this but there's really no theories that she didn't do it so or if there are there are not very many out there um, there's one that she but it was mainly from her saying that like some guy who was a like a transient passing through town did it but I mean I think that was her I don't know if a lot of other people even witnessed him being there <laughs> like yeah just made it a possibility of someone else and you know and just kind of speaking about that you know there are a lot of possibilities about the motive here are some of those possibilities about who else could have done it um john the uncle was a suspect as well uh but i think that everything um had kind of checked out when he was going into town it just didn't make sense with the time. Limes, remember, yeah, he has an alibi. And um, so he was actually one, um, a, a possible suspect that then got cleared. Now, other possible suspects to the crime um, included Maggie, the housekeeper. And possibly they were saying maybe um, it was a retaliation for being ordered to clean the windows on a hot day. <laughs> the day of the murders, yeah. it was unusually hot. And at the time, she was still recovering, you know, from that um, food poisoning. And they said that, you know, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Another man named William Borden, suspected to be Andrew's illegitimate son, noted a possible, um, so one of another possible writer said um, that William had tried and failed to extort, uh, to extort money from his father and this author went on to research that William Bowden um, was able to prove he was not Andrew's Borden's son. And although Emma had an alibi at Fairhaven, about 15 miles from Fall Rivers, um, she said that Lizzie might have secretly visited the residence to kill her parents before returning to Fairhaven to retrieve a telegram um, informing her of the murders. So there's just so many, like, like could the sister have done it? Could this possible illegitimate child have done it? So there's a lot, but people had the alibis and they just kind of checked out. Um, so after the trial, the Borden sisters moved into a large modern house in the Hill neighborhood in Fall River. Um, around this time, Lizzie began using a surname. She just went by Elizabeth. Um, 
And basically they had a staff and they had women maids, a housekeeper, a coachman. And before Abby was uh, ruled to have died before Andrew, her estate went first to Andrew. And then at his death, it actually passed to his daughters. And so um, they ended up getting a considerable settle settlement um, and they had to settle claims like for wrongful death for Abby's family, but they still ended up making bank on the steal. Um, so despite the acquittal, Borden was still like the town just hated her. She was ostracized. Yeah. People absolutely hated her. I don't um, understand why she didn't just leave. Yeah, I'm really surprised she didn't either. Her to name that, was that's uh, to me that's like an element of her arrogance. Yeah, you it's know, like I'm not going anywhere. Like, yeah, she was completely ostracized. Um, but you know, her name was actually brought into the public mm -hmm. eye again in 1897 in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, she uh, they she was accused of shoplifting shortly after an argument over a party that uh, Elizabeth had given for actress um, Nance O'Neill. Emma moved out of the house and never saw her sister again. So she's just a mess. <laughs> I feel like. I, I, honestly, to me, it just seems like these typical like heiresses. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're kind of just despicable people who have no sense of reality or accountability. I, I have to agree, unfortunately. It's true. So she never saw her sister again. Emma moved out after this party fight that they had for an actress. And Borden fell ill um, following the removal of her gallbladder. And she died of pneumonia on June 1st, 1927 in the same old town, Fall River. Uh, funeral details were not published and very few attended. Nine days later, Emma, her sister, died from um, at age 76 in a nursing home mm -hmm. in New Hampshire. And she had moved to this location in 1923, both for health reasons and to avoid uh, attention following, you know, her family name and all of that stuff. The sisters, neither of them ever had married and they're buried side by side in a family plot in um, Oak Grove Cemetery. Fun fact for you there. So all of this time, her death, um, Borden was over $250,000, which is equivalent to today over $5 million. So she owned a house on the corner of French Street and Belmont Street, several office buildings, shares and tons of utilities, two cars, a large amount of jewelry. She left, um, she left $30,000, which is 628000 equivalent today, to the Fall R River Animal Rescue League. Oh, okay. She's fine. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. And um, $500 each. Um, hang on. Oh, her friends and cousins got 500 or I'm sorry. I'm missing my notes. Okay. Her closest friends and a cousin received about $126,000 of today's money. And um, so it's pretty substantial. And the numerous friends and family members each received about um, $21,000. So, I mean, the people she did still talk to, she basically gave her money to and gave it to an animal rescue. So, yeah. So that's the, that's the story 
of this whole thing. So where this house happened, like where this is, it is the bed and breakfast now. And it is, it's so fucking lovely. Like we were talking about earlier and you can stay, you can stay at this quirky, charming place. Um, but here's, here's some accounts of things that have happened. Um, so people are convinced that the ghosts of Lizzie, her father, and Abby are still working in that home where that happened. And so they said that when you enter this um, this historical home, you might feel like you've stepped back in time because they've kept the house decorated to how it was when they lived there. And um, and so like they just you kind of feel like you're living how it would have been set up which is extra creepy you know and spooky um so there have been accounts that um lizzie or they actually i'm sorry they actually have books that were owned by lizzie and other original Mm -hmm. artifacts on display also here in this home which i think is really cool um the art deco radiators are original to the house they have the floorboards, uh, the original floorboards were actually stained by Andrews, um, Borden's blood from the murder. And so you can still see that. And um, the hatchet basement, they still have um, the under the hatchet basement suite. Yikes. So guests have experienced limbs of their ears being pulled. They have seen figures moving in the rooms. A woman in a nightgown is often seen in the Andrew and Abby suite, and the figure is believed to actually be Abby. Doors move on their own. Um, People like caretakers of the Lizzie Borden house in the 1990s said um, that they were completely jarred when they lived there as children because they would see shadow figures all the time in the basement where that hatchet was. Um, I said when sleeping in the um, Bridget Sullivan room, aka Maggie, the wind up cat toy on the chest um, sometimes starts to play on its own. Hmm. Um, in the Andrews suite, um, the voices can be heard, footsteps, and there's also been reports of furniture that moves on its own. Uh, there's also been um, tons of presents felt under the side room uh, where Andrew was actually um, found, murdered. So they said you can really feel like a heavy kind of presence in that room. Um, and some people said that you can even like feel some one person say he even felt something touch his leg and pull on his comforter in his suite. So there are a lot of spooking things. Like a lot of people said rocking chairs move back and forth on their own. Um, they've seen um, chairs that move several feet across the floor. And so it's just all of these things have been reported by several guests. So it is a highly active destination. And, you know, it's a place where you can go and stay or you can go investigate. So definitely go check it out. It's um, you can go to lizzieborden.com and you'll just find all kinds of stuff there where you can do a paranormal investigation. The town looks amazing. It looks just like this great, beautiful New England town. So it would be a really fun, spooky trip. So what do you think? You have any doubt that she didn't do it? No, I think she did it. I just think there's more to the story of how angry she was, though. That is such a brutal murder. Like, that was anger. Yeah. So, I mean, you never know. Maybe she was actually assaulted or and maybe it was something more to this. 
it's definitely, I don't think she just like woke up and said, I'm going to murder Abby and my dad today. I think there was definitely more to it. I'm not necessarily ruling out that she had an accomplice either. That's true. Maybe her sister. And maybe she was trying to protect her sister, do you think? Who knows? I mean, maybe it was abuse that they both felt and she felt like she had to take care of her or something. I don't know. But I mean, there's nothing more to this. I absolutely agree. And it would be really cool to do a, um, it would be really cool to do a lockdown in there, which I mean, it's been done so many times, right? I I I would love to visit, but there's something in particular, like, don't they still have like the original couch? I I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I feel like they do. I and feel, I feel like there still like has like blood stains or something that I've seen on like a paranormal show. I feel a certain way about that. I don't I, I don't like I don't like it. I think it's disrespectful. I agree. I don't really care for like, it. Offense, I'm not I'm not trying to like slur this place. Like like I think it's awesome that they, they open it up to paranormal investigators and tell you the story about what happened because these people have a story to tell. I just don't like the morbidity of it. And that might just be me personally. But yeah. I, I find it a little distasteful. Just like the blood stains that you can still see and stuff. It's just Yeah. I just I find that a little off putting. Now I mean I do know some people like really thrive on that, you know. Um right not on. so much. To each their own, but I would feel disrespectful. I would still love yeah. to stay there, but that would not be yeah focus for me i don't know that they do have it there for some reason i feel like i have seen it there i don't know um but i don't know either that i would necessarily want to i mean i i know that bad things happen and deaths happen in like certain places but yeah i don't know you can can sit and probably like something died there right yeah but like I, i just don't know like no one someone was brutally murdered or maybe no one like what do they do to this girl or who did this to yeah, this girl and things like that i just i would feel like about that bad I, I just feel like you know and then like we're looking at these times like you know what if like i'm looking at the sexual abuse thing would anybody have even cared or believed her at that time like what if she was sexually abused what if she was gay like and that got out at that time what would they do to her like what yeah. was you know she didn't have any I feel like women did not have resources then and I'm not I'm not saying go you know batshit crazy and hack up your family but I think when women are in bondage like maybe she was or something was going on there maybe she just didn't see another way and I think the thing that I have with this one is yeah maybe she did have a lesbian relationship with the maid but to me that's still not necessarily Quite. a driving factor on why she murdered her dad yeah. and mother in such a brutal way like she already seemed angry before that right i agree i so, think there was I don't know. something I, really I, bad i think there's a lot that is not <laughs> uncovered and i wish somebody could find a diary or something i know i would like to go there and just see if i could get any readings just talking i would just somehow. like to know her story to Lizzie yeah. just but what is your story what happened to you like not really not even focusing on the murders as much as what happened to you or did you not do this like were you wrongly accused that's still a possibility right because like, like you know she could she have witnessed the murders and still gotten blood on her dress 
like what what, what happened find like what like any court documents and what the hearing was like yeah it sounds like a shit show I mean all of it sounds like a shit show I don't know but at the same time it also sounds to me like sexism but kind of in a good way at this time like no like it sounds like all the evidence points to her but we just don't accept that a woman could do something so brutal right I mean yeah so she's she's like okay sure I'll take it (laughs) Yeah, well, sure. It's just, I don't know. I would love to go and be able to talk with her spirit and just be like, what, I mean, like, what, like, what happened, like, in your own words? I feel like she never really got that. I feel like she just got ostracized. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's a crazy lady. You know what I mean? And, and, and right, that, never that too, her story. This beef with Abby, like, it's no surprise that, yeah, a lot of women did marry for money at the time. Like, why were what they so did they have? about it? Yeah, I or agree. Did they, like, how did, how did their mother die? It doesn't say. I feel like it was just like, a natural kind of cause i don't, I don't like, think it's anything worded by something with that like what if andrew killed the mom yeah what or, if or, you know what i mean it There's doesn't so really say so many and i just feel like you always you know, i don't like to cover true crimes i'm just i'm not really a fan um you know i, I tend to i tend to stick with the dead <laughs> as, yeah. you, as we do but i would really love it would be so cool for a medium or someone to talk to her and get her true side of the story or like her perspective of what happened before this for sure yeah it's a very curious one it is like it was like you said like this was definitely a crime of a lot of anger and hate and it can't just it can't just be that fight that happened like two weeks prior to I think it was all boiling over because I, I think it's I don't know. It's just it's, it's something. For she sure. completely like obliterate the face. Like that's bad. That that is really bad. That's specific. It is <laughs> like like that's anger. Yes. Like there's something more to the story. I think I that's agree. what keeps us all. That's why it, it has survived so long, right? It's like yeah. we know that there's parts of it that we don't know um and it's it's I think that's what intrigues us for sure but yeah you know I think the one thing I really like and I know we didn't intentionally mean for our podcast to go there but it just kind of has organically done it it's like you have all these evil figures right like you know Lilith Lizzie the Morgan all these people we've talked about that are just like society it's just been like you're bad you're just evil but there's, they never get to share their side, like, ever. Like, there's never a count of their side of things. And I really would, like, to know Lizzie's, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, she did get, you know, she did stand trial. She was acquitted. But I still feel like her story was never really, her story was never really told. And that is really unfortunate. Yeah. It's just, like, all that she... Like her, her whole story, all she is ever known for in history is she whacked her stepmom and her dad. Like when you say that name, what do you think of? Oh, she yeah. murdered her family. Watch it. An axe murderer. Yeah. An axe murderer. But you never know, like, but why? Like what happened there? Did she do it? Did she cover up for someone? I think she did it. I think the motive is still such a mystery. 
Yeah. Maybe that's why this one is, you know, always, you know, this happened in such a long, long time ago, but maybe that's why this one's still. But then again, you know, what I'm going off of is really bad bookkeeping potentially. Like it just sounds to me with the quote unquote evidence of the case. If you can call it it, that. But (laughs) I mean, can we really even call it evidence? Like, I really don't know. It sounds like. I mean, obviously, criminal investigations, like, just over time, gotten better at that. So, like, I'm not going to even say that the cops were bad and didn't do their due diligence. That just might have been by the books at the time. Right. But I also do think just because she was a woman, they were less inclined to really suspect her and really try to get, you know, any type of verdict in her guilt. That's interesting you say that because, like, you wonder, had it been someone else? I mean, you also have to think, too, this is also a case of a wealthy family. What if this had been a poor family? She's a wealthy white woman at the time. Yes. I think her fragility of being a female at that time worked to her advantage. Mm -hmm. Her wealth worked to her advantage. And her whiteness worked to her advantage. Yeah. You take that scenario and play it in a whole different scene. Mm, I bet she might have been home. Or if something. she had been, I'm not even going to dare say. I mean, definitely, if she was a person of color and help, she she would she would have fried. Yeah, but I do think it is good that she. I mean, she could have also just tried to blame it on Maggie too, an immigrant from Ireland yeah could have also played that card and she didn't you know know, handing it to the police though i don't think that they saw a connection that maggie did it i don't think they did either um so i don't know it's just i mean there are so many stories about that i'm sure you guys have seen so many stories about this like crime investigators today even trying to take it and put it in a modern spin. And so it's a popular one. Um, but man, I would just like to know, I really would have just liked to know her story because I just don't feel like we do. And it's unfortunate. But I do, I mean, this house though, it is so, it really is like Massachusetts is such a beautiful state. And it's just like this, you know, it just, it's, it's a great, it would be a cool place to go investigate. And you definitely have a ton of opportunities to do that. Uh, so if you want to take a trip um you know head over to Salem while you're there go check out this I mean it's like a vacation destination for us paranormal folk and and people that do like true crime like you know there's nothing wrong with that I know it it definitely people love it I'm not really a a lot of times they turn like one turns into the other (laughs) they do I I guess we come in (laughs) we come in after right like Um, seemingly haunted right so yeah we like to come in after the damage has been done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, this would definitely be a place. I don't, I want to be honest with you. I don't know that I would actually stay there. Would you stay there? I would investigate See, there. Like I said, like the, the disrespectful aspects, I, I would feel disrespectful. Yeah. Would you go investigate it? Absolutely. I would love to, but I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would tread lightly. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the the morbid element of it. Like I, I get it. Like I know we we all think that like maybe traumatic deaths, especially, may and, and sudden deaths make ghosts more so than ever. But 
I just I don't like that it's about that. It's it's not about that to me. It's about what what really happened here? What's the bigger story? I don't I don't want to go see like this guy's face was and bashed like, in. Like, yeah, couch. and like you can like, sit on this like couch where somebody was murdered. Like, yeah, I have to say, like Adele and I really, um, and I guess like I'm very sensitive to you. Um, and it's something we've talked about. It's like I really don't even like the name Ghost Hunter because I don't feel like any kind of investigations Adele and I have dabbled with. Um, it's always kind of been a respectful element. Like I don't feel like I'm hunting anything other than your story. Like, how did you get here? Like, what's your story? Like, what? Why are you here? Like, what? Please just name? tell us what happens when you die. That's yes, like all that's- I'm looking for like, we're just like do you know answers. that you're dead like what happens when you die i feel like we're paranormal enthusiast and this is what we did when we tried to like to put this podcast together and we sat here yeah we went through all these names um <laughs> paranormal peoples that's what we are and that was one of the things like i think we just want to learn and i think we're, I think we're death sympathizers <laughs> we are death sympathizers yeah but we're just de- i'm like you like like you know how like some people like i want you to hold this thing that someone died like, i don't like that either I think, I just to don't. me that's like the gore it's like that's just an important object to them and you're truly saying that like maybe i like there's a clue to be yeah i, I don't i don't want their blood and guts everywhere and no. that's not who they were in life and i exactly. don't really want that and i don't want to like wrap up in their death shroud and like no. where they were like brutally murdered you know because at the end of the day two people were brutally murdered but there's also somebody that's hurting in this story also and at the end of the day they were all about. living people exactly who I were agree. they what did they do do they have regrets? Do they know what happened? Yeah. I I think we're 100% on the same page there, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the story, or the, I, sh- I guess I should say the mystery, really. It really uh, is, yeah. I it's mean, really sad. I don't think it's a mystery of the crime. I think Lizzie did it. We still just don't know the motive. Yeah. But I think that's the thing, too, is I think a lot of people do focus on the actual murder aspect of it but there's still a whole other piece there a huge piece that is missing and it makes me sad i guess like the story like all all of our stories make me sad really <laughs> this one makes me it's really sad because think about it like i feel like she was really close to her sister her sister like getting this fight she moves on they don't talk anymore like who did she have to talk to like i hope like those close friends or maybe that's why she gave so much money to animals because maybe that was her therapy but I just hope that she had somebody like a friend a cousin someone that she could talk to and that she just didn't spend her whole life like a just a miserable pent-up person that also had to deal with trauma do you know what I mean like, that's, that's my thing with her that's my thing with her being wealthy though is I don't know if she did have people who were genuinely close to her yeah I just wanted a piece of that which I know poor rich girl right we all kind of hate these rich people but i i there is a small 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 part of me (laughs) um that really thinks that they just have no sense of authenticity in the people who they encounter which seems like it's really lonely yeah it's lonely at the top they say I wouldn't know. (laughs) If I ever get there, I'll tell you. So then why not share the wealth and put yourself in the middle with everybody else? That's right. That's right. 
So yeah, well, there, that's our story. That's our haunting, our haunted destination. And I'm sure it is a buzz with activity. I mean, it's just, the, that was just a few recaps. Like there's so many. There's there's a lot to the story. There's a lot. And you can always see it, you know, any paranormal show. Um, I know they've all covered it and have stayed. So yeah, active, active location. Oh, that, that that was definitely a good one. And definitely is still, nobody really knows what happened. No one really knows. And it's really weird too, just because thank you for hanging in there with me. We uh, we had a hard time getting this one together today with all the distractions. So <laughs> thank you, Adele, for yeah. being really patient and sweet. So no problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> the full moon goddess. It was definitely like a good topic for spooky season too. That's so. true. I thought so too. I, I thought like you might see stuff uh, this month on it. So you'll, you know, know a little and, bit about uh, it. As further teasers, we have a lot more spooky stuff coming at you throughout this month. So just hey, wait, wait until the dude, end of October. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so amazing. Like I just, I can't wait to share it with you all. Um, you're going to love it we're thrilled <laughs> just now this week after hearing about the news a few weeks ago i'm able to actually sleep i I literally kept losing sleep over this in a good way i have been like ecstatic just absolutely ecstatic so it really hasn't even set like fully sunk in yet so yeah. we cannot wait to share with you we can't wait to talk to you it's going to be awesome so this podcast is such a freaking blast it's obviously a hobby for adele and i it's something we paranormal things we're we're very passionate about and we love it and we've just gotten some some cool stuff coming your way so hang in there with us as we build this thing into whatever we're building so we're letting the spirits get us (laughs) that's right (laughs) um so shall we spin the wheel yes let's spin the wheel all right on this full moon on this auspicious occasion (laughs) um all right i'm gonna shuffle it i'm gonna shuffle it again all right let's do the shuffle this one spins really well (laughs) it does we were having if you're new we were having issues with our other one curses okay (laughs) i got it so my and um adele that's just not saying fuck on the podcast sometimes just in case I can't just like come up and like just start cussing. No. Oh. Sorry. I knew that's where you were going to go with it. Well, that's a pisser. <laughs> that's a fucking pisser. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to spoil your plan, but no, that's not what, not that kind of person. Well, curses. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, man. It I don't just makes know. you think of Skeletor. Curses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a lot you could do. Yeah. Maybe you could visit um, New Orleans. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this Piece Together podcast today. Uh, Adele, I'm so sorry I gave you a lot to piece together. And we're just so glad that you're here. Hope that you are having so much fun on Spooky Season. Take it in. Go to a pumpkin patch, haunted houses, all the things. Breathe in the nice fall air. Oh, breathe in that Christmas (sighs) eat all the pumpkin things just live it love it do it you hope you've got your halloween costume planned all that good stuff mm-hmm. and as we say stay here stay curious stay safe and never trust the living
That's right. <laughs> and always Bye, respect guys. the dead. <laughs> always, yes. Please be respectful to the dead, for sure. All right. Happy Halloween season. Later, taters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>